Hello there, Rider Flex Nation. Steve Urban here with more career advice and job interviewing tips for you. And as a quick reminder, if you enjoy our podcast, please remember to subscribe to our channel and like the episodes. And on today's podcast, we have my old friend and colleague, David Murphy, the president and CEO of Barco Uniforms on the phone. David, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Steve. Nice to see you. Uh, great to see you. I really appreciate you being on. Can you t- tell the listeners a little about yourself, both uh, personally and professionally? Sure. Yeah. So I, I grew up in Iowa, um, went to school at the University of Iowa. I had an opportunity to play football there. Um, had gotcha. a great experience. had a lot of great mentors in my life at that point. Uh, Steve, Bill Snyder, who's the head coach at Kansas State, and Hayden Fry was there. Kirk Ferentz, who's now at, uh, at Iowa. Bob Stoops, who was at Oklahoma. So I had a lot of really good quality people. Barry Alvarez was at Wisconsin um, that I learned from, a great deal from, just how to be a true professional and and the work ethic and things that needed to be successful. And um, after I left Iowa, I was fortunate enough to join uh, Nike and uh, worked for Nike for almost 12 years, lived throughout different parts of the country. Uh, Wonderful experience, uh, great people, incredible culture. Um, you know, just a fabulous, fabulous experience. And, uh, I, you know, I, when I left Nike, I had a chance to get in the technology space and thought I wanted to do that and, and was in that tech space for about four years. Worked for a company called Cars.com, which was under the classified uh, ventures umbrella. And was in that space for three or four years and, and really missed the footwear and apparel space and had an opportunity to, uh, to join a company called Fresh Produce Sportswear. Uh, which was based in Boulder, Colorado, um, which you're familiar with. And, right. um, you know, Nike being a multi-billion dollar company and going to a, a small uh, family-run organization um, was, was very unique and different, but a great, tremendous experience. And mm-hmm. worked at Fresh Produce for quite some time and, and, uh, and then ventured out on my own and did my own uh, Patrick Apparel Group. And we did uh, sourcing and manufacturing for different retailers. West Marine was one of our clients and a host of others. And, and then I had an opportunity to move out to Los Angeles to join a small uniform company that was in the healthcare apparel space and corporate ID space. And uh, I've been with Barco Uniforms for about eight years, maybe eight years in February and been a wonderful experience and we've had significant growth. And so that's kind of my professional side of things. And then I've married, been married for 27 years. I've got two, two boys, uh, both Great. out of the house, both, both finished with school and, um, and really enjoy living in Southern California right now and working at Barco. Congratulations on an awesome career so far. I mean, really, and you had a chance to be around a, a bunch of great mentors early on, uh, which uh, was, was fantastic, I'm sure. Plus a well-rounded career with larger companies, small companies, and doing your own thing, right? You hit all three of those buckets, which really just gave you all kinds of great experience. Congratulations on everything you've done. And I know uh, the time you've been at Barco has been really successful as well under your leadership there. Can you can you tell us tell us a little more about Barco uniforms? You know what what they sell and 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 why they're great at what they do. Yeah, you know we're we are in the uh, the global apparel space, um, both on healthcare and corporate identity. So when I say healthcare, we design, market, and sell scrubs, 
Um, we have license with Grey's Anatomy, a global license with Grey's Anatomy, and we've taken that brand from uh, from the TV show and, and really made it a, a global apparel brand. It's been really exciting. Um, and then on the uh, another brand that we've got is the license with Skechers. Um, and then we have our own proprietary brands, Barco One and Barco One Wellness. So we kind of have a good, better, best story within healthcare. Uh, all three brands we sell on a global perspective. And, you know, what we're known for, Steve, is, is, is world-class quality, uh, amazing fit, and very forward-relevant styling. You know, we're a brand that you right. can count on in the healthcare space. And then corporate identity is, you know, we're really, today we're focused in on QSR. Um, we have accounts like Wendy's and Domino's and Subway and Panda and uh, John McHugh's and a host of others. And at the end of the day, we, uh, we design their uniforms. Um, you know, people are so important to, to companies today. And it's really a strategic mm. advantage to have a well-designed uniform that people are proud to wear. And we take a lot of pride in designing beautiful uniforms that, that employees can be excited about putting on every single day. That's fantastic. I, you know, you, you do such a great job with the brand over there. I can, I can feel your leadership and I can see your touch on the company, just knowing you from our past when we worked together and watching Barco, watching the marketing, watching the social media, looking at the quality product, and the branding, really just fantastic job. Congratulations on, on what you're, what you're doing over there and what you have accomplished already. Um, one of the things I love to, to chat about with, with CEOs and ask them about is what it was like to transition into that level. Um, can, can you, cause I, cause that's really, it's, it's a, it's a special moment in your life when you kind of move from a management level or a supervisory, supervisory level into the C-suite. Can you talk a little about what it's like to, to be a CEO for the first time and maybe, maybe share some of your, some of your experiences there as you transitioned into that role? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. And it's, um, you know, I think that the, my experiences that I talked about earlier and the mentors that I had previously, the experiences and mentorships really help you prepare to take on a role of a president or CEO job. And I've been fortunate to work with great companies Nike, Fresh Produce, and really have great mentors that have been around me in my life that have just, you know, um, that have groomed me for this this opportunity. And um, you know, I think there's a there, there's a there's a piece to it, Steve. That you know, I think hard work is that hard work may not equal success, but you're never going to regret putting in the hard work. Mm, and um, and at the end of the day, you've got to really put your mind to it and and, and do the do the work to to make yourself successful and um, you know, I, I love being around people. Uh, I love teamwork. Uh, I love the leadership component. There's a competitiveness to it. Um, there's a, there's, at the end of the day, there's a service component to it. It's kind of your rent you pay here on earth is serving others. And, you know, when you see people grow um, and blossom uh, and take on new opportunities, um, you, get a great, uh, you get a great feeling from that. And at the end of the day, it's about our people and it's about our teams and it's about how we serve our customers. And, and, you know, I think the thing that makes Fargo really special is we care about our customers and they're probably greater than anybody else. And um, so it's been, it's been a wonderful experience and, and it couldn't have not done it without great mentors and, and, uh, and really great people that have helped me along the way. And I think, you know, Steve, it just, you know, you, you know, this is that you've got to have mentors in your life that you can call and count on. They can give you insights and counsel and, 
And when you have really smart people around you that can give you great insights on, on, on tough decisions, you know, the better off you are. And I've used my, my mentors and, and former colleagues and, and a host of others to really help and guide me through my, uh, through my career. You know, for the listeners now, when, when, they, when they heard that answer there, it just really speaks to your leadership, right? I asked you a question around what it was like for, to, to transition into the CEO spot, and you could have made that all about you. But instead, that entire answer was about team, mentoring, how you enjoy people, how you enjoy uh, leadership, and you even tied it right back to the current company you're in now. I mean, that just speaks to how you move through your day, right? And how you, and how you think about things as, as a leader and you're always looking to give back or, or prop somebody else up. I think that's fantastic. Um, really, really, and that's, by the way, that's the David I know, right? The, the confident leader that inspires, um, but, but is not overly cocky and not a narcissist. And like you see, some, like you see with some of these leaders, I know me and you've both been around some like that and you're just complete opposite of that, which is, so refreshing. So I really appreciate yeah. that, that answer. Yeah. Well, um, I think the two, the two things with that, Steve, are great things are never done in, 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 alone, right? right. Regardless right. of what you do, it's a team that makes, the, makes it happen. Um, so anything that's accomplished at a really high level is done through a team. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then I think the other piece is just, it's a, you know, we, we, we work really hard on not being satisfied of consistently looking for new ways, new opportunities and constantly learning and challenging ourselves. And that's through failure. You know, you learn so much through failure. Mm-hmm. Um, again, teamwork and, and, and then the mindset of, of, of consistent growth and really everybody here at Barco, our mindset is to be a sponge of growth, you know, looking for new ways, new ideas, new thoughts, new concepts to, to lead the marketplace and service our customers at a different level and do things that haven't been done in the space before is, is, is how we attack our day. What, what is the biggest uh, hurdle for you so far professionally? Um, if you, and, 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 you know, we all have a bunch of them, especially at this stage in our careers, right? Uh, there, there's been probably a few, but what, what's one that you, you would like to share with the listeners, maybe a big time uh, hurdle that you overcame and, and what you learned from it? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think we, you know, if you're if you're in business long enough, you're going to have several of those. You're going to have some right. big defeats that come at you. And right. we had a really large client that we lost a couple of years ago. And I think, you know, collectively as a team, as an organization, we had felt we had done everything we possibly could to retain it. And this was this was our largest customer at the time. And it was a uh, it was a tough pill to swallow. Um, but when we sat back and we said, you know what, um, instead of getting emotionally involved with it and, 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 and taking it from a negative perspective, it, it, it allowed us to reflect on our organization and said, okay, where do we really need to make improvements on? Do we need to make some adjustments in the design? Do we need to make some adjustments in our account management? Do we need to make, um, you know, add new talent and bandwidth and technology? And so it allowed us to reflect on where we were short, uh, where our shortcomings were. Mm-hmm. and potentially why we lost the business rather than saying, you know, we shouldn't have lost the business. There was no reason why we lost the business. At the end of the day, we did. Right. And we had to make adjustments. And, and we made those adjustments. Uh, we made some movements and we repurposed some people. Um, and, uh, and, and we've, we've overcome that in a very significant way in a very short period of time. Um, but in that crisis, it's, it's challenging. I mean, it's a, it's a big blow and it's certainly a size of our company. You know, when you lose your largest customer, um, that, that is, uh, not only from a profile perspective is, is high and, 
Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's very, um, you know, rewarding from a standpoint of having them in within the client portfolio. So there was a lot of angst at that time. And we just, you know, at the end of the day, we, we just said, listen, there, there's a learn, you know, we can learn here. This is a, this is right. a big lesson for us. Right. And, um, and we turned it around and, and, and overcame that. And now, and not only, not only did you overcome that, but now you're even doing more volume than you did w- w- when you lost that, right? You got that back and more from my understanding. So congratulations. Correct. There. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, by the way, I love the, I, I love the term repurpose. I like that repurpose people. I'm going to use that one. <laughs> I like repurpose. Well, you know, at the end of the day, you want to give your people every opportunity to, to be successful. And, and, you know, I think Steve, the, the, the component is, is that, you know, our team today um, uh, probably is not going to be the same two, same team two years from now. And it wasn't the same team two years ago and four years ago and six years ago. And so you want to make sure that you've got the right team, right people on your team to be able to attack the market, stay ahead of, of what's happening there, mm-hmm. uh, and then lead through innovation. And, and that's, that's really, at the end of the day, you know, I'm a talent scout, and, and we're looking right. for talented people that can come in and make a difference and, and do it in the right, right frame of mind. Um, and sometimes those are tough decisions, but they need to be made to keep you forward. And so we want to give every, everybody that's on the team a chance if they can't, you know, maybe they can't um, excel in the current role that they're at. It might be a repurpose for them to do something a little bit differently that they can add value to the organization. So that's the, that's really the theme behind repurposing. Really good stuff there, David. And I like the fact that, you know, CEOs should, should consider themselves talent scouts, right? Cause that's really what you're doing. You, you, you're only as good as the talent you surround yourself with. And so I really, that's, that's great feedback, really great feedback. Um, you know, speaking of talent and interviewing people and candidates, if I can ask you a couple of questions there, you know, uh, on this podcast, we like to give career advice and job interviewing tips. Are there a couple of favorite questions or one or two favorite things you like to ask candidates during the interview process? Yeah, you know, I don't know if it's one specific question, Steve, or two specific questions. I, you know, I think there's a theme and and, and we've shared with you the ideal team player, Patrick Lencioni's book. And Patrick Lencioni is is an amazing author and writer on, 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 on organizations and culture and those types of things. And, you know, we, we go to great lengths to recruit the type of people that not only can, can have skill sets and experiences and competencies that we don't have currently, but fit within the culture of the type of, of right. the way we want to conduct our business. Yes. And so, um, you know, we, we go through a pretty rigorous process with that. Um, and, you know, I, I don't interview every single candidate that comes into Barco, but I interview most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just, it's, it's the process of which we go through as, as far as how we recruit and, and the type of people we're looking for. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, and we talked about this earlier, is that you just have to have the right type of people that can come on to your team, not only from a skill set standpoint, but from a culture perspective. And, right. and they both, both they have to, they have to, both have to work. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally agree. You know, out of all the clients we've served uh, that RiderFlex has done recruiting for, you guys did such a wonderful job of of making your company culture very clear, right? You early on, you 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 sent us plenty of documentation. We visited with all the right people, with all the right leaders on your team before we started the recruiting process. 
and it was it was crystal clear on what the the company culture was and you're right it's just it's so important that the candidate not only has the skill set and the experience but matches the culture uh, you guys do a yeah, really, great, think, really great job of that cultures i think culture's never been more important it, it might be an overused word yeah. culture but at the end of the day it's the environment that you put your people in Yes. And is the environment um, positive? Is it exciting? Is it forward thinking? Is it is it opportunistic? You know, those are the types of environment we want young people or, or anybody that wants to come into our organization to make a difference, but have the right mindset as they come in that, that we're going to, you know, we're going to attack our day. We're going to get a lot done. Um, we're going to lead. We're going to innovate. Uh, we're going to serve our customers at a really high level. And we're going to do some things that um, that are a little bit out of the box at times. Uh, and we're going to give people support and, and put them in an environment where they can be successful and give them the tools and resources. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's the environment that, that I had hoped that I could work for throughout my career. And, I, and, and it's just, you know, it's 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 kind of the, the golden rule, Steve. You know, you, you, you know, you treat people the way you want to be treated. Right. And, um, and you give right. them the opportunity to be successful. And, and if you do that, I think you got to have a, you have a chance to be successful. And the marketplace has never been more competitive. I That's mean, a, absolutely uh, right. right. Absolutely right. Oh. We just did. I just did a podcast the other day on uh, this this ghosting employers. I don't know if you've read about this in the press, where where uh, it, you know people are just not showing up for interviews or just disappearing during the interview process and just kind of blowing companies off and, and, you know, not communicating, I guess, is, is becoming a, a worse than it used to be. And uh, in the podcast, I've said basically, you know, the golden rule, like you, you just got to do the right thing. You just got to treat people the right way because it's going to, it's going to come back on you, right? It, you get out of life what you, what you put in. And uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, if you could, you know, you've had a lot of success so far in your career, a lot of major accomplishments, and like you said, some hurdles as well. And now the, at this stage in your life, if you could call that 21-year-old David Murphy uh, coming out of Iowa and give him any particular piece of advice, what would you say to him? You know, I think it's as I talked about earlier, I, you know, Steve, you can't have enough really good mentors around you and, 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 and colleagues and, and smart people that can give you advice. And I think it took me a while. Uh, I think I came out of college and, and maybe a little bit arrogant, a little bit cocky and kind of conquer the world mentality and do it on my own. And at the end of the day, um, as I progressed through my career, I realized how much smarter I was when I had really smart people around me that I could count on and get good insights from. And sometimes you just need to make some early mistakes in your life and your career. And you go, geez, you know, if had I had I asked a few other people and gotten some better insights, I probably wouldn't have made those mistakes. So I think it's just um, and I got a chance to go back to University of Iowa and speak at um uh, in front of the University of Iowa football team. And, oh, and, you know, one of the things that I, that I speak to those young guys is, and it's really careers beyond sports. And the fact is, is of having really good mentors in your life that can help you, um, and that can give you insights and can give you counsel, uh, and steer you in the right direction as you're making tough decisions in your life, both personally and professionally. I think it's just really, really important to have strong mentors, um, beyond your parents that you can, that you can count on. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and just to, to, to go deeper on that topic, I would also tell the listeners, it's not because it's not because you surround yourself with these mentors because you necessarily do every single thing they suggest. 
but it's, it's, they're going to give you nuggets, right? They're going to give you these golden nuggets as you communicate with them that you grab onto. And those are the ones you implement. So you don't necessarily implement everything, but you ask a lot of questions, you get their feedback, you grab the nuggets and you charge forward. And if you have enough mentors that you've surrounded yourself with, you ask four or five of them the same question, you're probably going to get different types of answers from them. And you, you, you look at that, you assess it and you make a, you make a decision based on all that input. It just helps you through life making better decisions. It's so important. We, uh, I couldn't agree more. When we first started RiderFlex and we launched the website, I, I had, I don't know, five or six uh, advisory board members immediately on the site. Even when we were a super tiny company, we hadn't even, we'd done hardly almost no volume. And we had those guys up there right away because I believe exactly what you just said. You have to surround yourself with people that are going to give you good input, good advice, good advice and help you make better decisions. So important. Yeah, exactly right. Steve, you said it, you said it well. Um, Let me ask you this last, uh, I could, by the way, I'd, I can't wait till I fly back out to Southern California where I like to hang out and we go, go to dinner again in Manhattan beach somewhere. I'm, I'm waiting for that. Uh, I really enjoyed I look last forward time, to it. Last time I came out. Can I ask you one more question? Um, what, speaking sure. of, speaking of mentors and advisors, I got this one, uh, this question from one of them. I stole it from him and I, I use it all the time now. Uh, you know, he, and it's now one of my favorite questions is, you know, what's your core purpose? He, he asked me one day, he said, Steve, what's your core purpose? And I gave him that, that quick answer that most people say, well, I want to make the world a better place and take care of my family. And, I, and he really right. challenged me on that and said, yeah, that's, that's great. But professionally, can you go deeper and tell me what your core purpose is professionally now at this stage in your life now? How would you answer that one? Yeah, I, I think it's a great question. I think it, uh, you know, probably evolves over over your over time and over your career. But I think today for me, Steve, is I'm I'm just a huge fan of watching people grow and become healthier and happier versions of themselves. Mm. And um, yes. you know, at the end of the day, you know, when you get a chance to work with great people and, and accomplish a great deal and and have some success, it's it's a great feeling. It and, is. Uh, it really and, and that's what, uh, you know, when you see, uh, when you get a mentor and, and work with, with great people and you see them rise and, 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 and take on really difficult challenges and, um, and take on new opportunities and have success. I mean, it's, uh, like I said, we're in a competitive marketplace and to, uh, to lead in a marketplace is, is challenging and difficult. And, and you get, you get, you know, you get, you get set back at, at time and, and it's difficult. And so just to, to see people grow and prosper right. through that and learn. You know, for those, uh, you're absolutely right. For those listeners, if they haven't had this happen to them, right? So if you're listening to the podcast today and this hasn't happened to you, I, I'll just tell you from personal experience, it's it's hard to describe what the feeling is like when somebody calls you that worked with you five or six years ago and just calls and says, you know, hey, Steve, I just wanted to tell you what a difference you made in my life and in my career and, and how much you helped me. I mean, those phone calls, when you get those conversations uh, later in life, it it is a hell of a lot more valuable than any bonuses or anything else you received along the way. Uh, trust me, it really is a special thing to lead people. Yeah, no, I, 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 I totally agree. And at the end of the day, that's what it's uh, – if you can impact people in a positive way, that's, um, that, right. that, that's powerful. Yep. My friend, I've really uh, enjoyed our conversation. I'm super happy for you, super proud of everything you've accomplished, um, um, and can't wait to get back out and, and chat with you some more. I appreciate you being on the call. 
Hey, thanks so much, Steve. Appreciate uh, your friendship and partnership, and I uh, look forward to you coming back out to Southern California and having a nice meal with me. All right, sir. Take care. Thanks a lot, David. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We truly hope you find our material helpful and entertaining. And in the spirit of giving back, RiderFlex donates half of all proceeds gained from this podcast to the Volunteers of America and their efforts to support veterans with employment services. While our podcast can be heard across most platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and SoundCloud, you can become a supporter of this podcast by visiting our show on the platform Anchor FM. That's anchor.fm slash RiderFlex. You can send us your questions or suggested topics for future episodes to the email address podcast at riderflex.com or drop us a voicemail at 888-964-5876 extension 710. Visit riderflex.com to learn more about us. Thanks so much for listening, folks, and have a great day. 